Welcome everyone to the Solution Brewing Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Brandon Deep. I'm joined by Stephen Sock. We're live on location at, where are we, Rising Tide Rising Tap Tide Taproom. Uh, so a new kind of taproom location in Montgomery, Bonas area. Really mm-hmm. nice. There's a lot of good beer. Hopefully they serve us soon. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, today we're going to be talking about uh, craft beer market saturation and whether or not it's a real thing or if it's just fake news disinformation i don't know what buzzword we want to use for the media today but oh we we have so many buzzwords <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> i'll kick it off to you steve here you are you read the article you know what we're talking about more yeah than I do. so um so the one thing first is uh, uh this is our first session without rob so there's uh, you know back when like our kids were being born last year and all this kind of stuff there was all that you know jumbling around and everything with uh you know, I was missing some, and you were missing some, but Rob had never missed a recording session until now. Okay, so He is our most dedicated owner. Yeah, he is our most dedicated one. So, Rob, you know, as you're editing this, uh, wish you were here, but uh, we will catch you on the next one. <laughs> but it's interesting. It's just, yeah, it's just you and me for the first time. And that's like, for a year streak, like, that's very impressive. That's true. How many episodes are we up to now? We're yeah, like... we're, we're in the, I think, the 50s or something like that at this point. Must be. I don't know. It's yeah, like I know we missed a few here and there, um, a few weeks. But like, like one of the one of our first sessions was like it was literally in the hospital for uh, Simon's birth. <laughs> That's so right. he's he's over a year old now. He's like a year and three weeks old. So he is. Uh, yeah, it's been a year. Episode. So this will be episode fifty-one. Holy cow! Yeah, holy cow! Where has time gone? <laughs> and I think we might have touched on this in one of our earlier episodes, but. Has craft beer hit market saturation? So the article was from the Globe and Mail roughly three weeks ago, so um, a beginning of May, and it basically detailed that, um, especially on it, again, the Globe and Mail is a, is no is a is a Canada-wide publication, but it's really focused on Ontario and Quebec, you know, as part of its thing, and it was the fact that Steam Whistle was actually buying up a few craft breweries, which. You know, Steam Whistle famously, for those who are not aware, um, they were like, do one thing good, which was they made an amazing, uh, Brendan, what was it? Was it Pilsner? Pilsner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's very good. It's very good. And like, you drank a lot of that beer while you were going to university there. Well, drank some. (laughs) It it was more expensive than the other uh, Baca beers. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But Um, but the beauty of Steam Whistle is that their brewery was located right beside uh, the Skydome. So they had inherently mm-hmm. a huge market right there, just for their tap room when they when they opened it up. So, brilliant location. Yeah. So it was that um, there was a couple like old uh, or like old stalwarts of the craft beer industry. I can't remember like without looking up the article. I can't remember what it was specifically called, but it was getting bought about Steam Whistle because mm. it was kind of like that changing of the guard. And then the rest of the article went into how consolidation in the market has been happening. Uh, big brewers are buying up smaller brewers. So in Alberta, for reference, um, this would be like um, Sleeman's buying Wild Rose a couple of years ago. And as well with Bud Light, uh, Budweiser or Bud Light also buying Bandit Peak. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's, it's this hilarious thing that um, people are just now remarking, you know, this is playoff run hockey and all this kind of stuff. And I've seen on social media articles and all that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, you can go to the Saddle Dome and you can get craft beer now. It's Bandit Peak. And it's like... Yeah, because they're owned by Budweiser. Like, they're, that's why they're there. Because otherwise, the, the beer contracts don't allow for other small independent 
uh, breweries or local local fair to be a part of the thing. It's part of the whole marketing deals and uh, the, the deals with the league and with uh, the teams and everything. Which is a bunch of bullshit. Let me. It honest. totally but is. Whatever. But um, but the rest of the article went on. And it's like. Uh, the pandemic has not been kind to breweries. A lot of breweries have struggled with uh, operating costs and uh, rising prices. And some of them, you know, unfortunately uh, didn't survive. In Alberta, at least, um, I don't know if there's any high-profile uh, shutdowns. I know, there was a, I know there was a few in Calgary, at least, that were borderline. Like, they were, you know, a month or two from insolvency if stuff went wrong. Yeah, well... Uh, Caravel and Red Bison are the only ones that come to mind, but both. But those, kinda... but those went down before the pandemic. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah those those were like back in 2018, they just 2019. Kinda cut bait and run. Like yeah. They were... Again, time has no meaning. Everything just happened yesterday. <laughs> still 2000, uh, 2018. It, it, yeah, right? it's still 2017. I haven't been married and had a kid for a year. Like that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> I'm just out with my bud right now. We're having a beer. It's amazing. But, um, and then we remarked on. Uh, after our beer fest episode, that there is even new breweries starting up mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that we haven't seen before, new iterations. There was on, a ton that were less than six months old. That was actually yeah. really exciting. So, uh, so the question was, is the craft beer market at saturation? And the article said, yes, we think we are, and I disagree. State your case. So, evidence one: seeing the new breweries at beer fest. You know, there is still. Uh, people who have come up with the time and the energy and the money to start breweries. Um, like Calgary in particular is a very, like, if, if you look at the concentration of breweries in Alberta, like a third of them across the whole province, more than a third, I think, are in Calgary. So that's like 40 brick and mortar breweries. Plus, you know, Solutions Brewing as one of the, the contract breweries and all that. There's yeah, a whole bunch of those. Several of the new breweries that we uh, saw at Beer Fest there were agencies like us as well. Yeah. Uh, starting out contract brewing. Same kind of thing, trying to figure out the market. Exactly. And and there's there's, there's always, like, again, we haven't suffered as, as far as I know. Like, I, I haven't been paying too, too closely at all, attention to it at all. But I don't know if that there's been any high-profile failures or businesses that gone out like gone out of business sort of thing. The, the breweries at the beginning of the pandemic with help from government supports and you know selling liquor and doing deliveries and all that kind of stuff have survived. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really helped for the brick and mortar shops is that opening up of the the delivery licensing yeah. for them so that they could actually sell their product direct and then mm-hmm. get that uh, additional help there. Something that we're into this house. <laughs> uh, but hopefully by the end of the year we'll be able to do it and all of our dozens of listeners can buy our beer drink Indeed. after that. And some of them are not even our family and friends. <laughs> even them. Even yeah. them. Um, and then the, the, the second point is uh, like there's always um, like uh, I remember this is an anecdotal story from a couple of years ago. Um, I we were talking about this, I, I think it was before we even got the brewery started sort of thing. We were just talking and hashing it out sort of thing. And there was a talk about whether or not the um, you know, saturation in the craft beer market. And like, for instance, San Francisco has 100 breweries in it. Or even Toronto. Toronto has like breweries that serve a block. Yeah. They serve a couple restaurants on the block and maybe the in-house one that they're actually at. And that's it. 
And Toronto's like the size of or GTA is like 7 million people or something like that. And they've got like hundreds of breweries. Hundreds. So like um, on, a, on a national scale, like there's still so much, you know, again, concentration in big cities, but there's all these small towns that are still having breweries start all, uh, brew all the time. And even in the cities that you think would have a lot of saturation, there's still room to grow. Like there's still service. Like so, it, for uh, for people who are again not familiar with Calgary, there's two primary areas where you'll find breweries. Uh, in the northeast, called the Bermuda Triangle, which is an industrial park that has like <laughs> Common <laughs> Crown oh, and awesome. um, and Toolshed, and then there's the brew uh, the brewery belt which is in the southeast and contains breweries such as legend seven outcast um the establishment which i'm actually drinking one of their beers right now it is their uh catching smoke pinot um it's delicious but we're like we're there's so many spots in calgary that it has not been cheap to open up at uh, because industrial is the cheapest to do by square footage. Commercial is literally about twice the cost of industrial. But there are locations in Calgary that do have breweries outside of that. Like Two Pillars, who's in uh, Bridgeland, just outside of the, the downtown core. Um, super small brewery, hole in the wall, but they're serving customers. And then there's even, uh, they've just rebranded Till Gunner uh, Brewery, which used to be... Uh, I can't remember what it was called, in, but it was on the Sonalta side mm-hmm. of downtown, which is on the west side of the city. So it's like probably the westernest most brewery that's not Wild Rose on the Curry Barracks in Calgary. But they, like, they're doing loggers and things, and people love them sort of stuff. No, they're doing good. I remember when they, I don't remember what they were called when they were first Yeah, I'm trying to remember, remember what that they building was. Open. I was like, oh, there's a brewery right there. Then two years later, it's, oh, now it's tail dinner. So. Yeah. And so... Uh, I'm, I'm going to stop talking for a second. We're going to let Brennan chime in on this while I get my next point ready. But Brennan, what do you think about the the point that we're hitting saturation in the craft beer market? Well, I, I think saturation, the, the whole concept of it and the concern with it is based around kind of what we've seen for beer in the last 40 years or 50 years since the mm-hmm. prohibition lifted and all you had left were a few very very large brewers producing the single product um, and then in that case you would say okay well there's only so many cans of lager that can be sold in a certain year mm-hmm. and yes this one company is producing 10 billion cans and then this other company comes in with another 10 billion cans and yeah you're not going to be able to sell both um, but what we're seeing here in the last 10-15 years uh, since rules have relaxed and the passion for beer has kind of come back into the Canadian ethos mm-hmm. uh, is something that's a little bit more akin to say e- even uh, to choose a very close analog uh, wine or scotch or spirits mm-hmm. like, you, you'd never hear this conversation about uh, uh, wine saturation <laughs> uh, but your selection and availability for different types of wine in any liquor store is unparalleled in and I mean we import a lot from the old world uh, a lot from our, uh, Australia, New Zealand, Argentina, like you go all around the world, there are entire stores that are dedicated to, we only have one bottle of each type of wine kind of idea. Mm-hmm. And you don't consider it saturated, right? Yeah. So once you start getting into all these little, little craft breweries, 
I mean, it's a lot cheaper to start up a brewery than it is to start up a, a vineyard. Yeah. First of all, so <laughs> I mean, you have an easier barrier to entry, which could lead to more people starting and more more of this. But they're also starting at a much smaller scale, so yeah. you're not introducing 10 million cans of beer with every brewery that that comes in, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're introducing small batches. Um, I mean. Our, our first batch was 23 hack, which is still well below the lowest measurement on the uh, <laughs> excise tax scale. So yeah. you're, you're introducing these very nanoscale products. Uh, you're trying to find a market, and then the ones that take off, they'll start producing more, but they already have their base when they grow. Otherwise, you're dealing with niche products, niche customers, and it's just about finding your 10 customers in the thousand that walk by, right? You don't need everybody to buy your beer. You just need enough just people need to buy people it. who like your beer to buy your beer. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people, there's, uh, what, <laughs> 4 million people in the province, and you probably got 2 million people that really like beer. Yeah. <laughs> so there's there's quite a quite a bit of customer base there, and a lot of people who like trying different beers. Mm-hmm. So there's that. The other thing that I've always thought about this is that the craft beer market is also similar to kind of a small restaurant or a home-owned restaurant market, where if you have the mom-and-pop shop start up, they're not going to be competing with McDonald's. They're not intended to compete with McDonald's. Yeah. They're not going to be selling their food nationwide. That's not the intent. Their intent mm-hmm. is to serve their block or their customers that are local and it's it doesn't take as many people to keep that kind of business alive right you don't need to be making a million dollars a month to pay your rent it's you just need to make enough to to keep going right and to earn a little bit of profit on the side hopefully we get there we're still working towards (laughs) starting a successful brewery here but um that's that's kind of the way i've thought about it it's always Mm -hmm. the, the, the people who are preaching saturation is coming are looking at it as if every brewery that starts is trying to be Budweiser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just simply not the case. Yeah. No, like it's, like, you know, of the beer market, even though, like, the unprecedented revolution of the last, like, decade or so, and, you know, people coming accustomed to new tastes and all that kind of stuff, or redis- I, I would say rediscovering uh, beer, mm-hmm. because in North America we were very lagerized. Everything was a lager. Even the the craft loggers were, you know, still loggers, or the I- IPAs were still uh, loggers. Yes, yes, our favorite IPA in air quotes. Yeah. Piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, um, loggers still make up eighty-five to ninety percent of the beer market. Yeah. It, that is your Kokanees, your Coors, your. Um, Oh, no, Budweiser, uh, we've mentioned many times, your Molson Canadians. Or... Yeah, your, your Luckies, uh, your Black Labels, and all that kind of stuff. So, like, we're, you know, that's a, a fairly large market, and now we're competing against, you know, like, us personally, we're competing a bunch of, along a bunch of different breweries, but it's at a very small, tightened schedule. But, again, we're, we're not competing across the province. We're not competing across the country. We're competing very locally. Now, granted... Calgary is probably like one of the, the tougher markets to break into because of there's more uh, there's more people there's more breweries here that are com- that are competing, but in no way are we is is there no space for us? Yeah, yeah like absolutely. there there is there are locations and all that like you know we were talking at the show about locations we'd like to open up a tap room, and 
uh, in Airdrie, and currently most of the, the the breweries in Airdrie, which there are four, and we are number five who is contract, but the four serve the northeast, the southeast, and the southwest. So if we were to open a brewery, you know, we would target the segment that is the northwest. Also close to Rob's house, so well, that would that be good would for help, him. Yeah. Um, if we can get the zoning figure out, we'll just rebuild Rob's house yeah. as the tavern. Yeah, it would be perfect. But then that's serving that market. So then it's a community neighborhood. You basically like wander over to the tap room and have a couple drinks. And then, you know, you know, our beer is good enough that you then draw people into the neighborhood to go see your beer. And the same thing, the same thing in Calgary, like competing in, uh, in the brewery belt or the Bermuda Triangle would be silly at this point in time. Because if you're going to go to those places, you're going to tool shed you're going to legend seven you're going to uh cabin or any of those places you got to choose a new location to go to that's not served in the city and that's how you get your foothold in places oh brendan has a point i agree with you but i also disagree because i think if you're in an area like the broom well the brewery belt in particular yeah the bermuda triangle <laughs> still the first time i've heard that right the bermuda brew yeah Bermuda triangle the beer triangle in the northeast uh, <laughs> is a little bit more spread out. So you got to kind of drive between places or whatever. But the the brewery belt is actually very well set up. There's a lot of people that bike and brewery hop. True. Um, so and there's actually something. a biking tour in that area. Yeah. So in that case, being nearby places like Bandit Peak or Cabin could potentially help you get some people through as they're, as they're doing their little hops. Yeah. That being said... I would much prefer somewhere that's a little bit unserviced mm-hmm. um, and near enough to residential that you could get people coming by with their dogs or something like that and still, like, distance enough that nobody's worried about the mm-hmm. children in the schools and stuff like that. Yeah. We don't need none of that. Yeah, because, like, one of the places I've always been a proponent of is in Langdon. Because Langdon is a very yeah. small town. It's yeah. a uh, what's called a bedroom community because people sleep there, but they commute into Calgary for their job or uh, something like that. But it doesn't have a brewery. It only has a couple liquor shops and a couple restaurants, and that's it. And if that's the thing, we open up a brewery there. Like, we're the brewery for that town yeah. of approximately 6,000 people. And they are, well, no, they like their drink. And all that kind of stuff. They're the good luck town. Even though on their sign, the horseshoe is pointed up. So it's catching. It's, it actually, no, it's pointed down. So it's not catching luck. <laughs> it's letting the luck out. So that, that the horseshoe has to be up to catch the luck. They're the unlucky. Langdon. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the locations I was looking at for there that it was too expensive at the time when we were originally looking at it is right beside a whole bunch of ball diamonds. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah, yeah. is a thing that it would be busier in the summer, but all the evening games there, you literally put, um, have a fridge of growlers pre-filled and taped and ready to go, $10 uh, with, you know, giving in your old growler or like 15 bucks if you're or whatever. Minor growler. Yeah, yeah. But you basically walk in, get that, get four red solo cups and walk and walk out. And you do that, like you would run out of beer so quickly. You'd have to produce so much beer to keep up with that demand in the summer. And then during the winter when everyone's running solar, like, oh, well, what do you want to do today? Do you want to go skating on the pond or do you want to stop by the brewery? Let's go to the brewery. <laughs> so, so that's the thing is that the, I would say in Calgary at least, the easy locations and the, the very low effort locations are taken at this point in time. Because people, yeah. pe- people, people have gone to those areas and they've established themselves. Yeah. Like the reason there's nothing in the West is because there's such a limited commercial industrial space in the, or there's yeah. such a limited industrial space in the West. And like you said, commercial is yeah. twice the price. And your zoning may or may not allow you to do what you need to do. Exactly. 
So it's it's harder to find locations to do it, but like there's still again finding your niche and finding the thing. So I'd say there's still tons of space for breweries. Maybe not on the scale of Toolshed. Like Toolshed is a not a is not a microbrewery. They're a, a brewery brewery. Um, you know, maybe not on the size of our local big guy, which is Big Rock, but they're big. There's so much space and potential for small people, and so, and some of them like are geared. Like I know Legend Seven has a lot of production space and uh, production size for big things, but they, uh, you know, they're trying to serve much a much larger larger market. We don't need to do that, and a lot of breweries don't need to do that. Just find your. It's like habitats. Think of third grade biology. When you're learning about habitats and like hierarchies and all that kind of stuff, there's a couple big fish up there and all that. We we need to be a little fish, a little pond, find your little spot, and then we can grow into a bigger fish. That's exactly it. Grow organically. Um, and I, I keep bringing up Dandy as an example of this. And they mm-hmm. they I, I love their model when they started and they've yeah. now progressed to much bigger and better things. Power to those guys. They make good beer and they had a great way of going about it. Although they do lean a little too much to the sour side. Yeah, and that is their niche. And of but course, as a result, Brennan hates him. No, I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say that. Like I said, I, I, I really enjoyed their stout. Yeah, their oyster stout, which again, a lot of people don't like because it's briny and it's like, but, but it's, it's an, an oyster, oyster stout. stout. <laughs> it's, it's literally got the salt of the ocean in there. Come on, people. Um, but yeah, like it's, uh, it's a. Uh, yeah, like, you know, someone writing for a national article and doing all this kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, you're, you're making a big show, and yes, there is consolidation happening in the market. That happens all the time. But there is still room for new blood and new just everything all the time. So th- those uh, only a Sith deals in absolutes, and that is, <laughs> and that is what this sounds like. It's like, it, it's, no, we're doing it this way. It's like, no, you don't need to. You know, there's, there's always, the flexibility is the way of the light. Of the light. <laughs> oh. Well, I, th- I think. You know, you say that, <laughs> but then you go back to what Yoda said, and he said, do or do not. And that was pretty absolute. Is there some hidden backstory with Yoda here that we need to uncover? Ah, uh, join us next episode <laughs> when we delve into. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we've covered the the topic of market saturation very thoroughly. And this topic's been like just picking my ass for the last little bit because it never like I haven't read an article in a while that's made me miffed. Like I wasn't <laughs> incensed, but I was miffed, and it like it, it like got a hook in my brain and kept picking at it. So I actually reread the article a couple times being like, this writer doesn't know what he's talking about. Ooh, damn him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I've been wanting to talk about this last couple weeks. So finally, finally got it off my chest. He's wrong. There's still plenty of room for craft beer and for better beer in the market. Well, if anybody disagrees with you or wants to tell you how they agree with you, how could they do that to you? Well, they can go to our website, solutionsbrewing.com, and go to a form and send us an email that goes to our email inbox at noproblemsatsolutionsbrewing.com. Uh, they can contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Solutions Brewing Co. Um, and because I wasn't here last week, there's still five weeks of Twitter mentions. So you can also see us on Twitter <laughs> at Solutions Brew. One. Co one or something along the lines of it. <laughs> and with that there's still four more weeks of Twitter oh. mentions. Um, 
as well, uh, we will be at the Edmonton Beer Fest here uh, June 2nd and 3rd. Yeah, in two or weeks. 3rd and 4th. Yeah, 3rd and 4th in June. Yeah. So, um, again, just like the Calgary show, it's going to be a much larger show in, uh, in Edmonton. I am going to be sanitizing the crap out of myself the entire time because I do not want to get sick again. <laughs> you may have heard, heard in my voice a little bit, uh, but I was knocked down for a week and a half. Uh, you and half the province, but yeah. anyway. Yes, we look forward to seeing everybody in Edmonton. Stop by our booth, try some beer. We'd yep, see come by and uh, give, give me your opinion. I will, uh, it will, all three of us will be up there, so we will talk your uh, head off, as long as it doesn't get too busy. And we expect Steve to be dancing the entire time again. Yeah, no, it, it, it is surprising. Like, like looking, locking eyes with someone, and it's like telling them, better come over with a little bit of dance. Almost like a 95% success rate. Like, it is amazing. But anyways, thanks everyone for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. And Rob, I know you're not here with us, but I know you're editing. Cue the music. (laughs) 